who's next? You're next! Next, that is, to be wearing a brand new Talking Taker Taker Easy t-shirt. That's right, folks. This weekend, The Undertaker returns to the ring for the first time in 2019 for a first ever, never thought you'd see it matchup between himself and Goldberg. And to celebrate, we're updating our Talking Taker Taker Easy t-shirt because, you know, when we started this show, we thought The Undertaker's crew was done. Maybe he'd wrestle in 2018. We didn't know. So our graphic on the shirt reflects that. And now we've updated it to update the fact that The Undertaker is competing in 2019. And who knows? Maybe beyond. So head on over to tpublic.com. Search for Talking Taker. You can pick up a Taker Easy shirt. You can get it in multiple different colors. Multiple different colored fonts on the front of it as well. We've got stickers. We've got mugs. You've got all this stuff different stuff you can get the merch on of course the tank tops you can throw the sleeves down and show everybody you mean business you can also follow the link on any of our social media profiles to pick up the shirt there as well and do a little bit in supporting our podcast thanks again for listening and enjoy this week's episode Creatures of the Night, welcome to episode 95 of Talkin' Taker, our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestler of all time. My name is Alex Dorio, mate, and I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talkin'. I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, my fellow creature, Aussie, 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 oi, 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 Travis White. How you doing there, Mike? Good night, Mike. How's it going? <laughs> oh, I think I can. Hey, no rules, just right. Moving on you. Oh. You're welcome. Oh, I just ruined it. You did. You, you killed it. You killed it, dude. I don't think I can do it all episode. Buddy Murphy. <laughs> Buddy Murphy. Good night. Well, anyway. folks, if you hadn't tell all right, uh, already, this is our Down Under episode. Well, not really. We have a real Down Under episode we'll be doing eventually, <laughs> the Super Showdown. But we're talking tonight about the greatest Australian wrestler who never was, Nathan Jones, teaming up with The Undertaker. Yes, that's right, folks. That is a thing that really tragically happened at WrestleMania in a tag team match against the Big Show and the A-Train. Arguably the most insulting thing The Undertaker has ever had to deal with in his entire career, especially his WrestleMania run. Travis, I mean, what are we doing here? 
I don't know, man. I, I don't have an explanation for any of this. It doesn't make any sense. We're going to break it down and talk about it, but I just realized there's three guys in this match. or They're all named V. The Undertaker, the A-Train, the Big Show. The Big Show. <laughs> Maybe that's why Nathan Jones got dropped. He wasn't the Nathan Jones. <laughs> no, they needed. He was the Colossus of Boggo Road. <laughs> oh God! They needed the uh, the Brian Kendrick to come in here. Exactly. That would have been a godsend. <laughs> oh man. Well, folks, we are gonna dive all the way into this we're going to explore who nathan jones is why this match happened or perhaps why it did not happen uh and all of the crazy twists and turns that lead to a confusing handicap match question mark is it really or was it really a tag match no. i have some questions about that here as we get into it but we've got the road to wrestlemania that we're going to cover and you know we loved talking about stuff from No Way Out 2003 last week. Oh, yeah. All of the crazy gifts this Big Show gave to The Undertaker. Well, this is some coal in the stocking stuff that we're <laughs> going to be talking about on the road to WrestleMania 19 here as we take the old time traveling motorcycle, jump in the sidecar right next to Nathan Jones, and drive all the way back to Push February. him out. <laughs> Push him on the road. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think he's going to boomerang right back into the motorcycle. Yeah. We can't avoid him. We can't escape him here. Smackdown 184, February 27th, 2003, the Thursday after No Way Out. And The Undertaker just defeated the big show and debuted his big new triangle chokehold move at that pay-per-view. But unfortunately, was assaulted by the A-Train there at the end of things. So we're kind of... Got an idea of where we're headed going into WrestleMania as The Undertaker rolls mm -hmm. out for his promo time. Uh, and the announcers are putting over his big win over Big Show and his constantly evolving move set. And the Undertaker, he's moving on to the next thing, man. He's getting right to business, talking about the A-Train, wanting his attention on Sunday night and getting it. And so the emotional freight train tells the A-Train that it's time to fight, baby. Time to shut up and fight. That's exactly. New, new catchphrase. Shut up and fight. Sadly, that did not make it onto a t-shirt yet, yet. Oh, no. Still, right. still might work on that. He could, he could have told Goldberg that. Right? And uh, <laughs> Jetta, maybe they'll make a t-shirt of it. Ooh. Saudi Arabian only. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the A-Train obliges, but he's got Paul Heyman behind him now. The man who's been trying to take out The Undertaker for months now. Yeah, you know, I didn't realize how much uh, this is a story of Heyman and his cronies. Like it was, uh, you know... Um, who was it? Uh, DiBiase and all his cronies back in the day with the early Undertaker, you know, all the guys he had. And then, uh, you know, just it reminds me of the Heenan family. You know, it's crazy. It's really, I mean, I don't want to say subtle, but it's kind of undersold by the yeah, announcers. Exactly. They don't put it over enough, but there's definitely that through line there, which is really cool considering yeah. their history that we talked about, you know, back on our WCW episode and mm -hmm. where things are going to go in the future between Paul Heyman and the Undertaker. It's yeah. kind of kind of his greatest rival uh in a sense it's weird i didn't it did yeah like you said it's undersold i guess is the right way to put it so and also undersold too we both had this in our notes man we forgot how stacked Heyman's roster was at this time <laughs> you know he was managing a train you know they're at the bottom of the barrel but he also had 
Team Angle, Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas. He had The Big Show, and he had Kurt Angle, of course. That's a pretty tagum massive stable, not just in weight, but also just talent <laughs> and credibility yeah. there. Those are all the top heels on SmackDown, I and mean, that's it. Like Those are the top guys. Like I said, very reminiscent of the Heenan family to me. Uh, just uh, People always compare Heyman and Heenan. I didn't realize how similar it was until this, you know, putting this under a microscope and really looking at it just in and of itself. So really cool, really cool. Well, Heyman's going to bring out his partner, the big show here, and he's still selling his neck from Sunday night from that triangle chokehold. And Heyman and the Giants are going to circle the ring as the Undertaker is – He's shut up, and he's ready to fight. He's not showing an ounce of fear out here, as we would expect. He get goes after these guys as they come into the ring, and he's able to hold his own there for a little bit. But, of course, the Giants overpower him, clobbering him from behind, and uh, A-Train even hits a Vader bomb there. Mm-hmm. Big Show's going to grab a chair, but good eye, mate. It's Nathan Jones in there with the save, and he does some, I will say, quote-unquote, martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> to scare off the A-Train. He does about four roundhouse kicks that don't connect. I don't know if they were supposed to connect or if he was just supposed to, like, intimidate him. Yeah. Like he's doing a Steve Blackman martial arts show or something. But he does not hit A-Train at all. And so A-Train just, like, dips out out of the ring. It's, uh, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know what's happening here. Yeah, I think they were missed on purpose because they weren't unsure if he was going to kick someone's head off or not. But, yeah, he's just... Scaring people away with his ballerina moves, basically. He's doing <laughs> spin kicks with his leg in the air. So, And as we're going to see, that's pretty much the extent of his moveset at this point, is this little oh, yeah. roundhouse kick that he tries to do here. But it's enough to save The Undertaker. I can't believe we're saying that. Nathan mm-hmm. Jones saving The Undertaker. And just again to put over who Nathan Jones is. This is an Australian guy who spent time in prison. That was his big thing. I guess for a he shoot. was yeah for yeah. A shoot. I guess he was famous in Australia. I think he played sports in Australia. Am I right? He played some I sort of so. rugby yeah. or, or football or something. He's a massive beast of a man, very Goldberg esque looking, uh, just a great physical specimen. And he was oh, yeah. the next next big thing in the WWE's eyes after Brock Lesnar. This was their next big project and they liked him so much i mean they were shooting him through the ranks really without even doing much with him in developmental i mean he was yeah. just shooting him right up there for a wrestlemania appearance they were crazy high on him and so high that they're gonna put him with a guy like the undertaker and it's like the classic type of guy that they have seen and fell in love with and whiffed on for years now like i mean yeah. he is right in the mold of a Snitsky or a Heidenreich, I mean, even an A-Train, mm-hmm. up to this day, like a Lars Sullivan type guy. Uh, oh, <laughs> I mean, he's, they, they keep seeing this guy keep pushing him, and it keeps flopping, you know, nine times out of ten. And this is the biggest one of all, perhaps. You're right, man. And you know the only one who's lasted, and uh, his booking has been terrible, but who didn't, who was in development for a cup of coffee is Braun Strowman. He literally had like three matches right. in NXT, and he got put on the main roster and shot to the moon. And like I said, they fumbled the ball quite a bit with him, but he's still going. He's the only one that's like, I don't know, been able to make it through the poop, I guess. But yeah, you're right. They fumble so much with these guys. They just push them too hard, too fast, and they suck. So that's 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 a, that's a good and bad of it. He is so. certainly the rare exception, but he's he's definitely in that mold as well. Oh yeah, I would say. 
Um, well, you know, it's that good nickname that Nathan Jones has that didn't stick, I think. <laughs> the Colossus of Bago Road. Oh, Michael Cole loves this nickname. If you think Ugh. hearing him talk about boss time or the big dog in 2019 is bad, wait until you listen to him try to put this over four times every time Nathan Jones walks yeah. out. Nathan Jones, it ain't training. Thinking better of it. We'll wait for another day to confront the Colossus of Bogalow. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, you know... What was not terrible, though, on this episode of SmackDown is we see really the true rise of a guy we, we've talked about and that we're going to talk about is John Cena. And we talked about... The... Oh, I thought you meant Rhino makes his return tonight. I was going to get to that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, just... <laughs> I know you had that in your notes, and I was going to put over just how crazy it is that he's one of the guys still left standing that we're talking about here, 2003 and in 2019, Rhino still around on the mm-hmm. roster, and he and he plays a big role in this episode of SmackDown. I think that's crazy, man. Yeah, it is crazy, but I didn't mean to cut you. I, mean, I did mean nah. to cut you off. I was just joking. But yeah, go ahead about John Cena, yeah, because well, he's a guy who uh, took the ball and ran with it. Well, I just want to mention this is the episode where we start to see the backstage or or pre-taped rap promos with him that he starts cutting on Brock Lesnar where he really made himself famous as he's recovering from injury. Oh, yeah. Really became a star off these promos. And this one that airs on this SmackDown is where he says a line about using the FU in response to mm-hmm. Lesnar's F5. And it was just kind of a joke line in one of these raps. And then it actually became his finisher for the next 16 years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Wild. It is crazy, man. Uh, yeah, a lot of people don't know where that... Well, a lot, of, a lot of kids nowadays know it as the attitude adjustment, but before yeah. that, it was called the FU, you know? So that's not PG nowadays, but yeah. So, yeah, I remember this promo like it was yesterday, man. I remember being like, ooh, he said FU. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day. Oh, um, anyway. But yeah, big episode of SmackDown there. Not really for Taker. Just uh, got the Colossus of Bago Road coming to his help. But, you know, when he comes and saves him, he doesn't seem to mind the help there. You know, we don't know the story about what's going on here yet, but. You know, we're going to get to that in a second here. but And they had teased weird. it a little bit last week, and we talked about yeah. it. Nathan Jones' promo, he he teased wanting to get in the ring with the big dog. Uh, didn't mention him by name, but we all know back then that the big dog in the yard was the Undertaker. So right, uh, there's something going on there. Something boiling down Bago Road. I'm trying to say as much as, as Michael Cole did. So, um, well, that brings us to the next week, SmackDown 185, and this is uh, March 6th of 03. So after we get this very intense exchange between Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon uh, for their match at WrestleMania 19, I believe there was some flub lines in here, wasn't there? I couldn't find it on, on YouTube. Though, oh, but... it's not that hard to find. If you actually think, if you actually think, I was just the right guy at the right place at the raw at the right time. Let me say it one more time so you completely understand, McMahon. If you actually believe in your mind, if you actually think that I was just the right guy. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't remember what to actually Google, but I was just looking for something. But yeah, this was, yeah, this promo is bad. So. Not but, uh, Hogan's go... best moment. No, 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 not at all. But um, that anyway. would be when he was dragged around on Undertaker's bike back in 2002. <laughs> yes. That was his best moment. Yes. Exactly. Well, after that wonderful flop of a promo, we see this graphic for Taker versus A Train tonight. So, 
And then uh, in the in the graphic, we got Taker. Uh, Taker has Nathan Jones, which the way he looks at the camera, he looks like the Red Skull without paint on his face. Like, he, he does. Just looks, he looks very Red Skullish. And uh, of course, Big Show is pictured with A Train there. So um, again, anytime I can bring it to a comic book, I like to do that. So here's some, but he just like they could have picked him. He became a movie actor after this. So he they did. Could have picked him to be the Red Skull. Uh, so anyway, we see a clip from earlier tonight where Nathan Jones is. Uh, it's it's like before the you know all the crowd gets in there and it's the dimly lit in the middle of the ring and we get Nathan Jones hip tossing some jobbers and Taker is like coaching him and I'm not sure take if, if Taker is trying out for a season of tough enough to be a coach or not but he is he's definitely coaching this this Bago Road Colossus here so um, tells him to keep up the intensity you know and Nathan Jones uh is shoulder blocking these guys and it's uh i don't know it's weird man what what, what how do you feel about this particular scene here it is weird because it, it it almost sounds like they're mic'd up here yeah and there is some of the crowd in there like the arena's yeah. half full like they must have shot this at like seven o'clock like an hour before yeah. the show because there are still people trickling in and you know they try to make it look real, uh, which I know they do this before the shows. I've, right. I've been in there early and uh, with a friend who uh, worked in the arena and kind of spied on some of the guys as they were doing this uh, uh, a few years ago. But yeah, it, it felt like to me, I, it made me wish I wanted to see Undertaker as a coach on Tough yeah. Enough. Like that's the season <laughs> I need to oh, see yeah. here. But I, you know, it's it's strange that they're putting over this guy as learning how to wrestle right here on on smack on the main roster it's yeah. just like it's a weird vibe it is it's really weird that's the thing that just it threw me for a loop i was like wait a minute we're watching a guy learn how to wrestle on the roster like he's just skipping developmental it's just so weird like it's it, it, nowadays if this happened this guy would have been stamped as a failure from the second they saw that because fans wouldn't buy that but because they always hate anybody who's green anyway. But anyway, it was just really weird. But anyway, Nathan Jones thanks Taker for – he's like, thank you for following through with your promise and training me after my prison sentence. So <laughs> does that mean that at some point Taker was down under, saw this guy in jail and said, hey, pal, when you get out, I'll train you. Like, they're, they're we, implying there's some yes. sort of history between these yeah. guys, yes. Yeah, so we don't, we don't know. It's uh, – they don't – tell us really more of the backstory that's pretty much it so but taker's like you know i'm a man of my word <laughs> did they get make-a-wish visits in prison <laughs> is that what taker does <laughs> maybe he does maybe he does i didn't know that uh, i'm sure Nathan jones asked for somebody else so the female kind but they said taker instead i guess <laughs> to make his wish come true when he came got out so anyway but taker does tell him, he says you know the wrestling rings like a prison cell it's a nice job all right thanks taker Thanks for following through with your promise to train me after I got out of prison. Look, I'm a man of my word, all right? Listen, but I see what you got to remember. The wrestling ring is just like a prison cell, all right? You got to put your time in and you got to make sacrifices. I will do it. Well, if I didn't think you couldn't do it, we wouldn't be here. All right? He's trying, man. That's a good analogy. <laughs> yeah, it is. I guess. So he's like, you know, if I didn't think you, you couldn't do it, you wouldn't be here. And then Taker shows him how to do a collar and elbow tie-up, a headlock and a shoulder block. And then he makes uh, Nathan Jones do it with his jobbers. And 
But uh, he can't knock the guys down. And Taker's yelling at him like, get it, get it, hit him harder, hit him harder, get it, get it. And uh, Jones can't really do it well. And then all of a sudden he just kind of like snaps and starts choking this dude. And I don't know if that was supposed to be his gimmick they're going to give him. Like, oh, yeah. Almost like a Festus type thing, you know, the bell rings and he goes crazy. Um, but he starts going nuts in the sky and Taker has to um, pull him off, basically. He's like, you know, I like your intensity, but that's enough for today. And, um, you know, I guess he's going to go, I don't know, show him how to, I don't know, use that intensity in a good way. I have no idea, but it's just weird Channel watching that energy. train. Yeah, be trained before WrestleMania, a month before WrestleMania. So, weird. Yeah, you know... It's really tough, I think you, you, you sort of mentioned it, to throw Nathan Jones into this role as a baby face, you know? Yes, because, exactly. Because, like, you're asking the fans to accept this guy at a very high level in a tag team with The Undertaker and cheer for this guy yes. debuting at WrestleMania uh, as if he's good enough there. And wrestling fans in general, we don't like that. We don't like to be told that, you know, if there's yes. a baby face, we want to see them rise up or see them do some really cool moves and, and like, you know, see them come up from the bottom and, and take that journey up to the top. Um, you can do this with a heel, I think. You can have them come in out of nowhere and be like, oh, my Fandango. God. Fandango. Fandango, uh, mm-hmm. debut WrestleMania, his very first yep. match. And it's like, oh, that's instant heat right there. Yeah. Wanting to, uh, he have got him over because he had a character, though. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. But – I mean, look at even Ronda Rousey, who came in yep. this year. It's like a good parallel, I think, to Nathan Jones. Oh, yeah. And she's a million times more talented than Nathan Jones. But the fans turned on her, too. Even mm-hmm. and She was awesome. I thought she, she, was. Did, she did a great job uh, as a babyface and as a heel. But the fans yeah. still resented her for being you know, shoved down their face. And Nathan Jones was inevitably going to get that, no matter what, because he was getting a spot that he didn't earn, and we're watching him not really earn it right before our eyes in the storyline, yeah. too. It's very, very odd. Um, the only guy I could think of that didn't really get that was sort of like a Rey Mysterio because mm-hmm. you know I think he was already established enough, but he came sure. in, and they threw him into top stuff immediately. But he's so awesome that you didn't right. care. You, know, you could get into him no matter what, even if you hadn't ever seen him before. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, exactly. That's a great uh, great parallel to him and Ronda Rousey, and one that got it and one that didn't, and one <laughs> that's going to take his ball and go home. Yep. So, um, so yeah, later on we get uh, Taker entering into his music, and he's flanked by what I'm going to call the human charisma vacuum from Bago Road. That's Nathan <laughs> Jones. And then – so that, that fits well in a T-shirt. So um, commentary talk about how Taker's apparently his mentor now, and he's been training him and stuff, so – and then A-Train comes out with, I don't even know, he, he's wearing like a towel with a hole cut in the middle over his head and a beanie. <laughs> he looks homeless. <laughs> he looks like he's almost the hip-hop hippo still, but he's yeah. kind of this cool A-Train guy. Like he looks, Yeah, he looks like an almost dude. Uh, not there's anything wrong with that, but yeah, it shouldn't be wrestling. So um, I can't believe he made it through Gorilla with this on. Right. <laughs> what, it is not like I mean, intimidating. It just looks dumb. That's my it looks whole like a, criticism of A Train all the time. Oh yeah, it looks like a mid '90s action movie, like punk, like bad guy, you yeah. know, or like a bad guy, like a GI Joe cartoon. That's what yes. it looks like. Yes. <laughs> 
Oh, one of those generic guys you fight in like the Ninja Turtle side-scrolling arcade yes. game, or like Spider-Man. Yeah. Perfect description. They keep, they keep coming in from the right side of the screen, they yeah. all look the same. They didn't spend a lot something. of time working <laughs> yeah. on their character design. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He looks terrible, basically. Well, the match is what it is, and obviously Big Show is going to interfere. Nathan Jones is the equalizer, though, here. He's you know going to set the record straight, I guess, and make things even, and... Um, uh, getting frustrated by these hill shenanigans on the outside, it, old Bago Colossus is, and uh, Taker locks in the triangle choke after a really awkward spot with A Train. It's like A Train does was it the derailer he hit on him or a power bomb or something, and then he kind of just like sits there and the referee doesn't really count the. He's like waiting for the spot to go yeah. in the triangle hole, but he doesn't count the shoulders down, but he's supposed to, and it makes A Train look like a fool. But uh, Taker does hit the triangle choke there and. Big Show knows how it feels, so he interferes and, you know, get his friend out of the triangle choke. And Nathan Jones interferes, and the ref just throws the match out and um, couldn't have come a second too sooner. But uh, then Taker and Nathan Jones double close on Big Show, and the heels retreat, and they basically already got one up on the bad guys. So it's like, what am, what am I paying to see at this point? Oh, yeah. So, and that's there's going to be a lot of that here in this buildup, too. Yeah. So, and then commentary talk about how Nathan Jones is a ticking time bomb ready to explode. And, uh, that's yeah that's their little thing they're trying to get over and he does explode in about november and he stays home and it's gonna, so. gonna be a bit of a dud yeah well that keeps the train rolling to smackdown 186 march 13th 2003 and travis and we've covered a lot of dumb stuff on this podcast we've covered a lot of <laughs> without question <laughs> a lot of stupidity a lot of logic gaps and plot holes and things like that this next segment is going to be right up there as a nominee for one of the dumbest backstage segments we have ever covered in 95 episodes. Oh, it's one of the dumbest things on human television <laughs> of all time. It's an underrated stupid segment here. Yeah. It starts off dumb because Big Evil, he's walking backstage, and, you know, he does what he tends to do. He's talking to the local talent backstage, the arena crew, making friends with them, yeah. giving them jobs, giving them opportunities he asks this pa backstage if he's seen nathan jones and the kid's like no i haven't seen him so taker says all right just let me know if you see him Undertaker <laughs> then literally takes two steps down the hallway he doesn't go around a corner or anything like that he just walks to the next door across the hall from this kid and the doors open and undertaker looks inside and guess who's sitting right there Oh, crikey, mate. Who is <laughs> the Colossus from Bono Road. Oh, dang. A, a Colossus, a giant <laughs> Australian psychopath. Oh. And this kid apparently had no idea it was right there. All right. So Taker walks in, oh. and Nathan Jones is like mankind. He's like rocking back and yeah. forth in there, like psychopath or whatever. And Taker's like, uh, what's up, dude? <laughs> and uh, Nathan explains that after... Ten years in solitary confinement, I've learned to appreciate those moments of peace and quiet. And Undertaker's just like, okay then. And uh, <laughs> he's, he's got nothing. It's like, all right, all right. I respect that. <laughs> um, so he tells Nathan Jones, all right, it's time for us to go watch Big Show and A-Train's match tonight. Since, you know, we're facing them at WrestleMania. <laughs> It's official. Right. We're getting a tag yeah. team match at WrestleMania. Undertaker and Nathan Jones against Big Show and A-Train. And then Nathan Jones, in something 
it's so stupid that even Michael Cole at his worst would have been flabbergasted (laughs) by this. I mean, this is Michael Cole plus Mark Lloyd plus Josh Matthews plus Lucas from (laughs) WB.com stupidity (laughs) level. That's a bad equation right there. This is a question none of them would have even asked. Nathan Jones asked The Undertaker, If we have to in WrestleMania, why do you have to watch him now? Oh, my word. What a stupid idiot. I mean, not only... It's like, have you not even seen wrestling? Have you never even seen sports in general? Right, (laughs) Do you not understand the concept of preparing? Athletic competition? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, you know, the Braves are going to face the Red Sox, so we we shouldn't watch any tape of them or who they put in their bullpen or what their lineup is or... (laughs) You know, we got the Patriots taking on the Dolphins. Let's not watch the tape and review it. Like, any sport, rugby, I guarantee you, down under, they watch tape of their opponents before the match. So, How about, it's just like... Oh, I have a test coming up. Should I study? <laughs> no, I test in three weeks. Why would I need to study? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't just apply to athletic competition. It applies to just your knowledge. Just brain. <laughs> just... Oh. Oh, hey, I'll I'm hire getting this new job. Watch that train. I'll just just give me the keys. I'll get my driver's license. Do you know how to drive? Who cares? I'll, I'll learn. I'm moving to America in three weeks. Should I look up anything about the country? No way, man. I'll be there. I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, what an idiot. This is the stupidest thing. Like it made me angry that this guy's exactly. still on television after this. Why? How did that scene make it to television? I this don't is pretty. This is taped. This is taped on Tuesday. That doesn't make Nathan Jones a psychopath. It makes him mentally <laughs> incapable of, of understanding things. Yeah. Oh, but Undertaker is very patient with him. He explains, well, this way we'll be able to strategize for these guys and know their tendencies. Again, like Nathan Jones is an alien from another planet who <laughs> does not understand these things. So. Yeah. Oh, That's like God. a question my son would ask me if he's playing T-ball. I was like, oh, I don't want to practice. I'm like, well, we need to know what the other teams can do. You know, or something like that. Like, talk to a small child like that. I not mean, an adult human, Colossus from Boggle Road. Not even your five-year-old child. Maybe your two-year-old <laughs> child. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. Well, they do get to watch this big tag team tune-up match that we're going to see from Big Show and A-Train as they're going to go up against Kai and Tai 2.0, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Funaki and Tajiri. That's a heck of a tag team right there. It is, man. Dude, wh- what do you g- think we should call the the Big Show and A-Train's tag team? Uh, I would submit the world's hairiest tag team for these two guys. <laughs> Big Show's chest is looking just about as hairy as A-Train's at this point. It does. We call him Big Train or A Show. Oh, yeah, it works too. I like the World's Harry's. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, we'll go with that as we uh, even we get, even get to see Funaki and Tajiri prepping backstage uh, <laughs> as a funny little vignette. When the, the Japanese guys do a better promo than the, the guy that speaks English, you know it's bad. Uh, you know it's bad, dude. Funaki <clears throat> underrated, man. Oh yeah. Well, you can you gotta you can kind of guess how this match is gonna go here. Uh, Big Show and A Train are obviously gonna dominate these guys. Uh, the announcers are noting that uh, Tajiri and Funaki combined don't even weigh as much as the Big Show, which is kind of wild to think about. <laughs> I know it's, it's probably not true, but maybe it is true. I don't know. I don't know. It's close. It probably was. 
shows his giant chop on Funaki as Taz says, that's like getting hit in the chest with a walk. And I was like, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> Who's ever hit anyone with a walk? He's going to throw out these most like stereotypical Asian comments he can oh, here, dude. Yeah, it's not, would like not fly walk. in 2003. He keeps yeah. talking about Godzilla and says, yeah. when they lose, Taz's like, oh, no more beef teriyaki tonight for Funaki. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. Painted yeah. in there, buddy. Yeah. I didn't feel bad about thinking that this was, you know, kind of reminiscent of that new Godzilla movie because Taz was so on the nose with it. I was going to make a comment about how it's like sure. Godzilla King of Monsters, but Taz beat me to it, he man. Did. He was just all over it. Yeah. Well, uh... Can hit the chest with a lock. <laughs> <laughs> was he trying to say rock? <laughs> no. That I, he was trying to say walk. <laughs> was he like Chris Canyon from last week? <laughs> In the chest with a walk. Do you really want a hood? <laughs> with a walk. With a walk. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, anyway, we do get a nice callback from the big show as he takes a page from his mentor, The Undertaker's book, and does something that Taker used to do when they tag team together. And Big Show goes and sit, hangs out at commentary during this match yeah. and lets A-Train wrestle. That was a nice little connective thread there. I appreciate it. It was. That. I don't know if anybody else picked up on that, but Probably us. not. Yeah, but that's neat. what you get here on this show. <laughs> exactly. Well, they you know they take care of business. A-Train hits the train wreck on Funaki, and uh, they get the big win there, get the momentum heading into WrestleMania. But, you know, and it made them look like giants, which is it did. what yeah. it's all about. Nothing, uh, nothing wrong with that here. And uh, just another quick Undertaker thread here on this show. The main event on this episode of SmackDown is Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar three weeks before they're supposed to fight at WrestleMania. And if you were watching at the time, you'll remember there's a lot of rumors going around about whether Kurt Angle was going to make it to WrestleMania. Uh, he was having problems with his neck beforehand, and uh, they thought he wasn't going to be able to make it to the match, so they were going to hot shot the belt to Brock Lesnar here. There were mm-hmm. all sorts of rumors about maybe they were going to have John Cena fill in against Brock at Mania, maybe Chris Benoit. Um, I think Undertaker, maybe they could have slotted him in there oh, and yeah. got him away from Nathan Jones. But, of course, they do the great redo of a finish we first saw at Survivor Series 2000 by having Kurt Angle's brother Eric switch places with Kurt here and allow Kurt to get a quick victory on Brock Lesnar. And they just, I mean, that was one of the best swerves ever, man. They got everybody oh, yeah. with that one because we were all sure there was no way Kurt was going to make it to Mania. So, uh, and I just think it's interesting that they did that finish with Undertaker first. Yeah, it was. Cause I didn't, even, I wouldn't have remembered that unless we had, uh, gone, you know, doing what we're doing here and dissecting everything. But I remember not reading the spoilers for this SmackDown because I wanted to know. I didn't want to know what they were going to do. I wanted to see it live that night. So, yeah, they got me, man. They had me. I was like, golly. So they did it so well. Really really well done. The complete opposite of this. Oh, the complete opposite of uh, this WrestleMania match and also this next SmackDown. So we're going to get SmackDown 187, which is uh, (laughs) – <laughs> cop code for homicide, which might as well be what this episode is. So <laughs> They're this about to is kill March the crowd 20th. right here. 
talking about killing the town. We got March 20th, 2003. We're going to get Taker versus old Billy DeMott. Oh, no. No, no, no. Yes. Dude, yes. I feel like... I feel like we conjured this match to happen we to did. us because of how much we've bashed Bill DeMott the past few weeks. We've somehow cursed ourselves with having to actually cover Undertaker versus Bill DeMott. I have no idea. I did not know we were oh, going to no. touch on this guy in a singles match with Taker, but we are here. Yeah, No laughing matter. Uh, it is no laughing matter at all. I'm cackling here, but it is no laughing matter. So Cole, in his infinite wisdom, is like, I think Taker's going to have his hands full here. <laughs> I don't think he's ever seen Bill DeMott. So, um, uh, the guy that wrestled for Keisha in the best of like 10 series. So. He did defeat him <clears throat> once or twice, you know? Yeah, he did. So the only good thing about this match is Taker showing off some new, like innovative, you know, MMA style moves. He does like a rolling knee bar to him, which is kind of neat, you know, and commentary points that out. And we see Nathan Jones watching this match backstage on the Tron. So he's, uh, I guess Taker's pep talk last week. You know, helped him out. To, you know, I guess I will pay attention to <laughs> matches. So <laughs> a great idea there, Mike. Yeah, a novel idea. So, uh, big, Bill Demott does hit a spine buster though, and it's a belly to belly, which is kind of neat to see him actually get some offense on Taker. So good for him. But it's no match for the choke slam and the tombstone. So this match yeah. is over. Bust out a tombstone on Demott. Yeah, that's, I had to bring out the big guns to put down <laughs> old Bill. Well, you know. <laughs> Bill DeMott does have one up on Undertaker because he did hold the U.S. title back in the day. and We've talked about, you know, that's the one title Ooh. that eluded Undertaker all these years. It's true. Been chasing Very it true. for 30 years. That's true. Well, that is, um, that's literally all on this episode yep. of SmackDown that has anything to do with Taker. So he wrestles Bill DeMott and Nathan Jones looks on. So things are nothing with A-Train, nothing with Big Show, just that's it. Things are very crammed on these episodes of SmackDown on the undercard, which Undertaker yeah. is definitely on this time. It's pretty crazy to think about here, but it is not not one of the top SmackDown matches. Most of SmackDown's being devoted to stuff with Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan and, and oh, Lesnar and Angle. But <laughs> McMahon and Hogan is pretty much number one on these shows. Yeah. That takes us all the, already. We're already here at the go-home for WrestleMania <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be one of our shorter episodes, which is not usually the case for these Mania episodes, but SmackDown 188, March 27th, 2003, the Colossus of Bago Road is going to make his in-ring debut against the full-blooded Italian, my boy Chuck Palumbo here. That's right. Man, he drew the short straw here going up against the Colossus of Bago Road, and this is actually surprisingly going to play in to WrestleMania and... Honestly, yeah. the next few weeks after Mania, too. Uh, we even get a vignette before the match of the FBI. Yeah, they were doing some really great pre-taped skits during this time with, with Eddie Guerrero yeah. and Chavo Guerrero and this FBI one. Not as good, but still pretty entertaining. They're playing off the Sopranos or whatever, doing some uh, quote-unquote legitimate business and right. taking a guy <laughs> out back and stealing his wallet and all this sort of stuff or leaving him for dead or something here. And yeah. They're putting over the FBI as that type of faction. They were getting a lot of airtime here uh, during this period, trying to get them over. Uh, Palumbo and Nunzio and Stamboli, a big faction. The bull. Yeah, man. So, again, more new faces on SmackDown. It was, so, you know? Yeah. And Taker is going to see Nathan Jones in the hallway before the match. And he's asking him, all right, man, are you ready for your big match? And Nathan says, 
what do you mean? I've, I've already had it. <laughs> and then <laughs> Nathan Jones conveniently... Tell the there. <laughs> I'm working on my accent there, buddy. <laughs> he opens up the locker room door, and we see J- Chuck Palumbo beaten down, just selling on the floor in there. And Undertaker just laughs it off and is like, well... <laughs> okay. You do that? Listen, I guess we'll have uh, your first match at WrestleMania. Listen, walk with me. I gotta discuss what's good and what's bad about what you just did. Yeah. Chuck Palumbo probably got a big payday that night. I hope so, but, man. Look, we're gonna give you $10,000 payoff. <laughs> Delay on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of first match at WrestleMania, that's the same thing Ronda Rousey did. And look at the difference in their careers. <laughs> exactly. It goes yeah. back to what we were talking about. but And there's that- a tag team match, too. That does not give you a lot of confidence, I would say, heading into WrestleMania if they're not even going to risk putting him on a taped Taped? television show (laughs) against a pretty good competitor in Chuck Palumbo to even do like a 60-second match. Like they didn't even want to put him in the ring to do his little spin kicks or whatever. That's not a great sign six days outside of WrestleMania. No, by no means could we ever stretch that into that. That's a good sign. Yeah, that is a horrible sign uh, that you are not ready for what you're about to get into. So, yeah, I just can't believe on a tape show they couldn't do something with him here. So, not a lot of confidence. Well, they're still selling like this match is going to happen. And Show and A-Train are going to head to the ring for their match. And they run into Nathan Jones backstage and telling him, Yo, hey, man, we got no issues with you tonight. We're going to settle things at WrestleMania. And... They do speculate, though, that all that time in prison gave Nathan Jones a new meaning to the phrase down under and high five and big show and A-Trainer laughing about that one. Yeah, I'm not sure how to take that comment. <laughs> it took me a minute to think about it, but just think about Nathan Jones. I think I got it. Yeah. Oh, okay, you got it? I think I got it, but just think, I, don't want it. I don't want it to be that. <laughs> you can go back to Chuck Palumbo if you need to think about it some more. Uh, his old tag team. <laughs> Anywho, uh, dearly beloved, I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, really, really. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Show and A Train, they get a big tune-up, uh, much bigger than Funaki and Tajiri, as they're going up against Benoit and Rhino tonight, and they have a really long match here. Uh, solid yeah. matchup against each other, and finally ends with Nathan Jones interferes, trying to take out A Train and Big Show, and. They eventually beat him down and leading the Undertaker running out, making the save, and easily taking care of Big Show and A Train, which was like, great. Why do I need to order WrestleMania to see exactly. this match? They've already handled their business. The baby faces have gone up on them every <laughs> time they interact. And that's there's no point. <clears throat> there's no heat on them at all. They haven't gotten one up on the baby faces at all, you know? So yeah, I mean, just going by wrestling booking, there's no reason to tune in. No. Except for you're going to get to see Taker WrestleMania. You know, and that's the only allure of the match. Why not, so, you know, have the two giant professional wrestlers beat up the non-experienced guy and have Undertaker, right. you know, have to make the save or something and put some doubt in their mind about what's going to happen yeah. here. Like, it's just, uh, you know, I don't know. It doesn't quite click, but... Uh, None of this clicks here, and nothing clicked for Nathan Jones, but I did want to mention, I did look up some stuff on the house shows. He was actually performing on some of the house shows, so they 
the 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 writers, the creative team, whoever was in charge, they were getting some looks at Nathan Jones to see what he was able to do. The first match I could see him competing on was against Canyon out on the road, our boy. I don't know if he was dressed as Boy George at the time, but they did work. <laughs> um, and, man, if you can't get a good match with Canyon, there's not a lot of hope for you out there. Yeah, you must not have a brain. He can, <laughs> yeah, he can wrestle with a broomstick and make oh, it yeah. look good, so... And they did do this WrestleMania tag team match a few times on the house shows, running through things, and I guess getting a very clear picture that it was not going to work <laughs> at WrestleMania. Not going to do it. <laughs> not good stuff. So, yeah, you know, they always say that Vince isn't at the house shows, but he gets the house show reports from all the producers or whatever. Yeah. Like Arn Anderson and Dean Malenko. And what, well, they're not there anymore, but back then they were. You know, but um, <clears throat> Fit Finley, and I guess they were just telling him, look, this guy is, he's the runs, man. Like, he's, he's awful. <laughs> so they must have just been like, look, I know you see this guy as something, but he's not. Because uh, he's going to lose his spot here as we go into Sunday Night Heat. Because we're going to talk about Heat again. For the, Was this the second second show in a row? Yeah. Or maybe, uh, yeah. Get a little bit of Heat action here. On uh, March 30th, 03, it's getting hot in here. In. It's <laughs> exactly, exactly getting hot in there. Well, it's time to take a shower then. You need to cool off. So, <laughs> going to lead in WrestleMania 19. Nunzio backstage tells Nathan Jones that he's got his wallet, and uh, Jones follows him into the bathroom. And then we hear some, you know, cartoonish sounds and see Big Show and A Train coming out of the shower. That's enough to scare me out of a match. These two, <laughs> these two behemoths ambush me in the shower. Talking about your down under. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> They emerge from the shower. We see Nathan Jones face down with his, a chair on his back and uh, not moving. It looks like the guy from uh, the bad guy in Saul just laying in the middle of the shower mm. with his face down. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure that's uh, what they were inspired by. I mean, the probably. Saw creators, they were inspired no, by this. Probably. probably. <laughs> so, so we can only assume they took him out for the match tonight, so it's going to be two-on-one. So, And then I did, I did a little research on something to wrestle with episode with Bruce Pritchard. Episode 92, they covered WrestleMania 19, and Conrad and Bruce talk about this match, and Richard says that it was decision was made to take him out of the match, he being Nathan Jones, to prevent the risk of him screwing up on the big stage, basically. He said that, you know, they hadn't progressed like they hoped, and they figured they just, let's focus on Taker and just have Jones hit a couple moves, which is literally what happens. So, um, like I said, I guess it just confirms what we were just talking about, you know, so he just wasn't cutting the mustard. Dude. Nunzio should have stolen Undertaker's wallet, man. We saw him with that fat stack of hundreds last exactly. week. <laughs> He's giving out to Brian Kendrick. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, dude, that is wild. Like, first of all, they're usually so stubborn, the WWE. I can't oh, yeah. believe they actually took this guy out of the match. Like, you right. cannot imagine how bad he had to be because you could work around so much stuff in a tag match and just have him yeah. come in and. And do a couple spots, yeah. and they do. I mean, he does come in and do a couple spots. So it's still crazy that they wouldn't even want to have him out on the apron or doing stuff. Exactly. I would think Undertaker had to have a say in that. Uh, he had to be like, "There's no way you're going to embarrass me out there with this idiot tonight. Like, this is WrestleMania. <laughs> this is my show. I'm not doing it." Like yeah. he went along with it this whole time, but I mean, he was out there doing these matches with this kid, and he had to have said he had to put his foot down, man. Right, I believe so. Again, we can't confirm that, but I believe that it's probably what happened. We know, you know, 
obviously he had some issues when the DDP stuff and they weren't clicking last year or two right. years ago and that kind of happened. And so we know he's got some pull, but um, yeah, I imagine he just said, Hey, look, it's not happening with me. You know? <laughs> so, well, the pay-per-view did happen and we're going to talk about what exactly happened here as we cover WrestleMania 19. Yeah, man. March 30th, 2003 from Safeco Field in Seattle, Washington. A great look. Man, yeah. baseball, covered baseball stadium, uh, very unique look. They don't run a lot of baseball stadiums. Uh, I guess they did a Royal Rumble this year, and I really like that. Yeah, look as well. Yeah, it was but, cool. Yeah, great crowd. I wish they go back here to Safeco. It'd be awesome. I do too. It looked great. This is one that we did not watch together. We're gonna watch a lot of the next ones together. Back in the past. Um, I guess you had some sort of church thing or something going on, but I, I watched this one. I had a unique experience watching it live with one of our other friends by the name of Kevin that we used to roll with, and I watched it on WWE.com. So yes, y'all did. Ten years before the WWE Network came around, I, we streamed mm. this, which is so weird to think about in 2003, but... I guess it was cheaper than ordering the actual pay-per-view, but we watched it at Kevin's house and watched it on like Windows Media Player, I'm sure. And yeah, it was, you know, for the time I remember thinking the reception was pretty good. Um, I, it, was, it got choppy a few times, and I think it was the SmackDown Triple Threat Tag Title Match. I remember. Uh, oh, we didn't, great I, match! It was, but I think it cut out like during most of that. But that was really the only time it happened. And, I know it froze up a little bit when Brock was doing his shooting star press at the mm. end to like midair, kind of froze up for a few seconds. So I had to wait till the replays to see him like, what happened? <laughs> like, why yeah. is he? What is going on here? Uh, unfortunately, I wish it had cut out a bit during this match, but not quite. <laughs> yeah. Well, I um, I don't remember if when Kevin ordered it, if he got to replay like later on in the week or not. You know, I don't remember. But I I remember the next day at school, you guys. I think you actually called me that night because I don't remember if I was at Probably. some church event or something. But I remember you guys telling me, you know, we didn't have text messaging back then. How funny True. is that? Um, and so I don't remember. But somehow uh, we were streaming on the internet. <laughs> yeah, isn't that weird? But um, I remember you guys telling me uh, about it and then, you know, walking me through it. And I remember at school talking about it. But I, I remember watching part of it online. Like, I like, I don't know if it's at Kevin's house, but I, I remember seeing some of it before it came out on DVD. I don't know if maybe they put some clips online or something back then. Again, there's no YouTube either, you know? So yeah. I remember seeing some clips of some of the matches before. Could have just been on one of those, like, you know, Bobo sites that, you know, were pirate sites back then. But um, anyway. You say but, Bago uh, sites? Uh, <laughs> pirate sites. <laughs> Bago sites. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. Get the Bago site. So speaking of that, um, speaking of DVD, uh, this the best part of this WrestleMania 19 DVD isn't even on isn't even the pay per view itself. It's the Easter egg, which I cannot find online. I don't think it is, man. I can't find it anywhere. So, well, if you have the DVD, those of you at home, search it out. Yeah. I think it's on the second disc. I don't remember. My I, I wish I mine are at my parents' house. And I was home this weekend. I was gonna grab it and try to find it on there. But there's there's an Easter egg on the Mania 19 DVD of Austin and Rock just. BSing at access. That's one of the funniest oh. five-minute clips you'll ever see of these two guys. Uh, look it up. Look around. You can find how to access it. I'm sure. Yeah. On just click around on the menu. On uh, I think it's on disc two of the WrestleMania DVD. Uh, but I used to just put this in just to laugh. Yes. Yeah. 
I would put it in nine in the washing paper just to laugh at them. I just shaved my butt. <laughs> he talks about shaving his butt. Oh, this is golly, it's classic. It's so good, man. But anyway, this pay per view is classic too. A lot of people would say some. Some people would say it's the second best Mania after seventeen. I don't know. I mean, days for me it is. Some days it's not. I don't know. But seventeen is my favorite. This one sometimes my number two. Sometimes it goes down a little bit. But I do love this pay per view as a whole. I think it's pretty bottom, underrated. So. Like I think people sleep on it. And- yeah. forget about it honestly and really besides the match we're covering it's <laughs> which is unfortunate it's stacked. it's stacked man you can't this is i don't think you could argue this is the worst match on the card but as we'll talk about even it was not that bad it was not as bad as i right. was thinking going into it and heck there's a miller like calf fight girl fight on this <laughs> card and it, this might be the match the worst match that's pretty yeah, bad that's tragic <laughs> Also tragic is the theme song for this pay-per-view, literally called Crack Addict by Limp Biscuit. That is the actual theme song for a pay-per-view. Yeah. I can't, things that would not fly in 2019. Oh, yeah, exactly. But uh, it works. Limp Biscuit or Crack Addict, yeah. Great wrestling well, song. Well, they're trying to you know recapture that magic they had with um, My Way and that Rock Austin, you know, uh, back in 2001, now that we're here two years later, Rock and Austin going at it again for the last time. We got Limp Biscuit back there, Crack Addict. They try to do that, you know, video package again, but it's not as good as the My Way one. But it's still Limp Biscuit's a good wrestling band, you know. They are, man. They're in the they're in the Hall of Fame of wrestling bands. You got you got to say. They oh, you got Kid Rock and Kid Limp Rock, Biscuit. Creed, uh, Flo Rida. <laughs> They're in the WWE Hall of Fame Pitbull. of bands. Pitbull. Yeah. Dude, Need to Breathe. Is they are, they love using my, Need my, to Breathe. Love, man. Yeah. So, and, well, out of all of those, though, we do know that Limp Biscuit is the WWE's favorite band in the whole wide world. <laughs> because no, Tony Chip will tell us, tells us that. And now, welcome the WWE's favorite band in the whole world. Was that pretty good? Would it, could you come up with a goofier way to introduce this band? Yeah. That's not as stupid as a, a WrestleMania equivalent pay-per-view. <laughs> not to have in Jenna. How stupid can you get? Well, this match is second on the card. Oh, Taker's match is second on the card. That's crazy, man. That's insulting. Like, it's insulting. It's got to be. He probably he probably backstage is like, look, I'm second on the card. I'm not going out there with this moron and wrestling this match. Like, I'm gonna make it something. The crowd's gonna get into it, and we're gonna make it good. You're gonna put me on second on the card. Um, but it's just, is this the lowest he's been on WrestleMania card? It is, man. And just think of where we've been the past few years, where we had Ric Flair, we had. Triple H, we had <laughs> Big Boss Man Hell in a Cell. We'll scratch that one. Yeah, but sorry. that was like a semi-made event, even. Yeah, it was. It was, like, it was a huge storyline, at least. Kane, main event against Sid for the championship. Second main event with Diesel back there at Main 12. Like the past six, seven years, Undertaker's been top of the card, main event yeah. or second or third from the top against huge big-name opponents. And then this, it's like, you know, you can't be on top all the time. I get you got to right. cycle guys in and out, but this is brutal, man. <laughs> yeah. 
And it comes after a hot opener, too, which is with Matt Hardy and version one and Rey Mysterio. What a great match to kick off the show. And then you got to follow it up with this match. <laughs> Honestly, dude, I, I wish they had just done Taker and Big Show again or, mm-hmm. or save that match from No Way Out and do it here. Mm-hmm. And it, they had a good match at No Way Out. Like, roll they it did. back again. Like, seriously, anything would have been better than what we got. Yeah. Here. Do some kind of gimmicky, like no submissions don't count or something, you know, yeah. or like you know, no legal chokes or something. They could have gone somewhere with it, but man, Vince had to push that A train, man. And Nathan Jones, too, here. <laughs> but we, at um, least we get a spectacle of an entrance here. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. This is great. Like you said, Tony, we got Michael Cole and Tazel in commentary. We got Tony Chimmel introducing the favorite band in the whole world. And then we get a live performance of Roland. Yeah. So Taker's going back in the archives of his music, you know, and pulling out Roland here for his uh, for his entrance, which is is really neat, and it's really neat for his character. And uh, uh, I, I'm honestly, I, some strange world I live in because I'd rather have Roland than his "You've Done It Now" be yeah. performed live. So, <laughs> yeah. Dude, and it's a spectacle. They got dancers, yeah. they got pyro. Fred Durst yeah. is going all over the arena, out to the ring. He, it's all over the place, and it is a full performance. He goes through the whole <laughs> song before Taker rolls out. Yeah, he does, and he's and they're bleeping stuff out, and he's flicking people off left and right like he's a heel. I don't know what's going on, but he loves it. I hate him, but he loves it. And, uh, yeah, man, those poor girls are dancers. They had to be gassed out of breath afterwards. And they danced for, like, four and a half minutes straight. So, and, uh, I believe this is what inspired Fred Durst being included on one of the SmackDown games, too, and doing this performance as his entrance on the Yeah, <laughs> I love, yes. I love beating him up on whatever game oh, that yeah. was. He was always my opponent, for sure. <laughs> Taker's rolling out. He's got a little something extra as well. He's got this big American flag posted on the back of his bike, and he's got the pyro going on. And you know, we're not Limp Biscuit fans, but like you mentioned, dude, this is this is just awesome to see. It really puts yeah. Undertaker huge, even though it's second on the card. It's really great here as he gets to rev the bike up, going down the extra long WrestleMania ramp, and. Uh, only thing missing was if he'd have gotten in the ring and just started busting out moves with Durst in the yeah. ring, <laughs> just doing the little Roland. <laughs> yeah. That would have taken it over the top. Oh, that would have been hilarious, man. Hilarious. But like you said, man, he does get a lot of uh, production. you know. And we've mentioned that. I was uh, thinking about our older episodes and how we talked about how his entrances uh, evolved and how they got more production. He always got the different lighting and the different smoke and all that kind of stuff. And we've kind of gone away from that recently just because of his character change. But this is one where they definitely do shine a spotlight on him, you know? And even though it's not, you know, the creepy graveyard music and all the cool lights and thunder stuff, like he's going to eventually get, it is a big deal. And it is just for him, you know? Like, I think... uh, they sing crack at it later on. I think yeah. Limp Biscuit does, but it's not for an entrance for somebody. It's just a performance. So this is Taker getting his own entrance, you know. So it's really, really neat. So still showing how much he, how much of standing he has in the company, even though he's second on the card. So. Absolutely, he still makes him look like a big deal, and yeah, um, we do appreciate that. Uh, a Train and Big Show, you know, they can't compare to that. Even though Big Show does have a fresh wax job, man, he's got all that <laughs> chest hair off. He's He's looking smooth. He does. He's got that <laughs> WrestleMania look, man. Oh, man. A lot of people get new uh, new duds, like new new gear, and take your or show guys. just shaved. Just shaved shaves it off. <laughs> oh, anyway, well, yeah. 
the A Show come out and they uh they get a combined entrance. You got Big Show's music and A Train's steam ish mm-hmm. stuff that blows yeah. out. So. Um, they come down and A Train starts messing with Taker's bicycle. I mean, motorcycle. Excuse me. Sorry, uh, motorcycle. And he actually spits on it, which uh, we know you just you don't do that. You know, no, we see no, now no, that no, no, no. that doesn't fare well for for those in the past. It never you know, does. Done something. He might drag you around the Safeco Fields <laughs> <laughs> behind it. You'll watch out. But Big Show's gonna sneak up from behind, down under, and uh, take. Try to take out Taker from behind here, so he does to start man, the match to start this handicap match, and I believe Tony Chimmel does announce it as this following handicap match mm-hmm. is scheduled for one fall. So keep that in mind, folks. This match has been changed from a tag team match to a handicap match. Two men against. One man. So keep that in mind as we go to the end here. But Big Show does jump in and start things off, and Undertaker is ready for him, man. He sends Big Show flying out of the ring, and then A Train runs in and goes for a brogue kick, and Taker ducks that, hits an immediate choke slam on him. And I wish that had been the finish, but unfortunately, Big Show pulls Undertaker out of the ring. Yeah, yeah, he does. And commentary are like, you know, I think Taker's undefeated streak is in jeopardy here, which. I understand you're trying, but you weren't fooling any of us at home. <laughs> we no. knew this kid was going to win. So I was even more sure he's going to win without the sandbag of charisma vacuum with him. You know, if, if Nathan Jones would have been in this match, we could have said, oh, maybe he could lose. Right. Nathan Jones takes the fall. But then you take him out of the match, you're like, dude, he's winning. Like, it's a foregone conclusion. So um, anyway, uh, they, like I said, Taker's pummeling both guys and then, and again, handicap match. This is one of those where you got to tag in and out, which yes. I've never understood the point of that. But anyway, um, so A Train tags in and shoulder and Taker shoulder blocks him, and then he actually leapfrogs over A Train, <laughs> hits a hip toss, and then goes old school. Which maybe he was just rejuvenated from all those uh, training sessions with uh, Nathan Jones. But anyway, maybe so. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean Taker was looking good, dude. Like we mentioned, it, no did. way out, but he was in great shape here during this time. Yeah. He had some yeah. time off, and uh, it was paying off. Well, for sure. Uh, something else that we noticed, like we said, he had that big flag coming on the back of his bike. Michael Cole on commentary notes that Undertaker has a nephew fighting in Iraq during this time and has mm. dedicated the match to him tonight. So another reason why you know Undertaker is not <laughs> losing just... tonight. Yeah. They're pushing that hard. Oh, yeah. Let's telegraph the ending here from far away. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, A-Train hits a derailer, but he doesn't go for a cover. Instead, he throws Taker out of the ring, which I never understood the psychology of that. If you hit your finisher, why don't you go for a pinfall? But, you know, not everybody's as smart as Taker is. So he's always going for those three counts, you know, trying to get the That's pinfall. Right. So. That's why he's the legend. Exactly. And that Big Show post Taker on the ring post and hits him and back into the barricade, I guess, going back to this No Way Out match and trying to work on the lower back again, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and then A-Train hits a decapitator, as Taz calls it, um, which is the one where he like kind of leans him in between the middle and the bottom rope and kind of does like a slingshot backwards and hits, yeah. your, hits your throat on the on the ropes there. So. It's a good but move. what a creepy name. It, so, a little yeah. bit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Undertaker's left vulnerable here and uh cole is even on commentary he's doing a good job man he actually brings up big show putting taker out of action back in october so mm-hmm. putting over the 
long story between these two guys, which I appreciate. It makes it feel more WrestleMania worthy yeah. here. And you know the the heels are going to start trading off on abdominal stretches here on Undertaker. Uh, they do that. Oh, it, well, right as they're doing that, those uh, switching back and forth in the ab stretches, there's the great sign in the, in the crowd that says, you are butt. Who do you think D- they're talking D- to? D- I think they're talking about Nathan Jones. Oh, down under? <laughs> Just, yeah. whoops. They <laughs> <laughs> say, you are butt. So... <laughs> Just you, just your your butt. You're not a butt. You're just butt. So it's great, man. But I do appreciate the heels doing the the uh, ab stretch because they're doing the old outsiders move, yeah. like the Hall and Nash, where they kind of assist each other with it with the extra leverage. It's just always cool to see. So it was cool. And Undertaker, he's doing his his MMA stuff here. Uh, Big mm-hmm. Show goes for a choke slam on him, and Undertaker reverses it into an arm bar. And then A-Train breaks it up, and Undertaker throws this sweet little cross-arm breaker onto A-Train. It looks really cool, man. You can tell he's been working on his stuff. And we put that over on last week's show, how Undertaker's 13-year vet in the WWE at this point is still adding to his moveset, which you just don't see these days. Nope, you don't see. And, uh, yeah, you hardly ever see it nowadays either. So, yeah, it's... um... Later, later on after this, after the abdominal stretch stuff, we get a back suplex from Taker, and then uh, he clotheslines A-Train, or excuse me, A-Train clotheslines him and gets two count. He's like, you ain't so, such a big bad dog. Starts slapping Taker and punches him, which, again, you just don't do that, man. You don't slap yeah. Taker around. You don't, you don't tug on Superman's cape, spit in the wind, or slap the Undertaker or his motorcycle. So, anyway... <laughs> Well, Undertaker's not Superman, but he's he's acting like Muhammad Ali out here. He's ducking and dodging and diving A Train's punches and moving all around. Using you can tell this is what he's been training in this boxing MMA stuff. Yeah, he loves showing it off here. It's, hits his big DDT and Cole notes that Undertaker's been working on that catchphrase of his: "Shut up and fight." And he, <laughs> he, that's the way A Train. He didn't shut up, man. And that's, that's why right. it's gonna it's gonna backfire on this big idiot. Exactly. I hate A Train, man. <laughs> I know <you> do. <laughs> Stupid nipple rings. I you can't take it. Like, God dang it. <laughs> well, I was a big Van Hammer fan, though. He had nipple rings. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Nobody's a big Van Hammer fan. <laughs> He's a big fan of making fun of him. <laughs> exactly. Not taking him yes. seriously. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, um, Taker's had enough of all this nonsense and uh because after that running ddt big show breaks up the pinfall there and he's had enough takes had enough and he uh starts wailing away on big show and does that running back and forth in between the turn he has both of them on opposite turn oh yeah and he's just running back and forth running a train on them dude just real back and forth slam 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 back and forth and then uh, he goozles the big show and then as he has him by the throat a train runs at him and he big boots a train Hits a run and dive and close on the big show. He's just a house of fire right here, man, just getting it and going. And, again, he is making something out of this nothing, man. Like, he really – he's trying. The crowd's getting into it. You know, second match on the cards is they're still hot, you know, um, still hot for, you know, what's going on. So He's not going to go out there and put on a stinker, man. He's gonna, right. He's going to put his all into it no matter what kind of chicken crap he's been given. He's going to try to yeah. make chicken salad out of it here. As A-Train tries to run over Taker with the brogue kick to take him down. And Big Show goes for a choke slam, But he is going to leave the ring to go take out the Colossus of Bago Road. Running down the road here. 
which the camera and the video crew completely miss. Man, he yeah. runs down the aisle, and we see all the crowd standing up, and I don't know if he missed his cue or what happened here, but we don't know what's going on until these two guys are already fighting out in the aisleway. Totally missed shot. Oh, yeah. Bad production there. But the the crowd, you, you can tell something's happening because the crowd's popping. They're actually popping for this dude running out. and um, I don't know if they're popping for Nathan Jones. They're just popping for, for something. Some action. Yeah, something else happening. Because so, they don't even light um, it up, really. They're like in the dark. Right. Yeah, it was strange production snafu there, but it's it's rare they do that. But it's it's you know like I said the crowd the crowd sold it. They're popping for it, and like I said, show goes to meet him, and he gets hit with a spin kick, and then and then Nathan Jones gets in the ring. Yes. And this is where you will know, pay attention to what you said earlier. So go ahead. A train like I said, he gets a two count on Undertaker, and Nathan Jones hops in the ring right in front of the referee again. This is no longer a tag team match. This is a handicap match, meaning right. it's supposed to be two on one, which I would think would mean if someone were to interfere and jump in the ring and get physically involved on The Undertaker's behalf, that should probably be a disqualification. Sure. For the Undertaker. Absolutely. But A-Train hits, excuse me, Nathan Jones hits his big boot on A-Train and knocks him down right in front of the referee. And the ref's just like, okay, cool. I'll allow it. Yeah. He does. That Maybe just infuriated me, man. Yeah, you know, we've always talked about how we're sticklers for the rules and trying to, you know, just consistency, at least, with it, among the rules. You can make whatever rules you want to, but just be consistent with them, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, that's – they just – they really didn't. Because if he – if Chimmel hadn't announced that it was definitely a handicap match and would just said it's a tag team match, this wouldn't have bothered me. But, yeah, you're right. Because they said it's specifically a handicap match, it bothers me. I, I would have even been okay if, like, Nathan Jones had hopped up on the apron and reached out for a tag. Right. And take yeah. it when it tagged him in. And, like, they would have, you know, said, oh, Done okay. the same spots. Yeah. yeah. Like, even that sort of little explanation or something. Mm-hmm. But just to have him run in when you've already said it's a handicap match and be like, whatever. That's one of those things that the writers would call us marks for pointing out. But right. it's annoying. It's like, you want us, you have, you have to have these rules for us to suspend our disbelief and when you exactly. just throw them out the window like they do with the wild card rule these days it just it just pisses you off as a fan yeah. like why do i even yeah. bother paying attention yeah what well, am i invested in paying attention if you're gonna not make it make sense so <sighs> anyway but... i can't believe i'm letting nathan jones upset me this much <laughs> he's really grinding your gears tonight <laughs> wasting my time <laughs> well um we're about to we're about to wrap this up here quickly because he's gonna get in the ring and lead to the finish because they're like this guy can't last very long we're gonna have <laughs> that's to all he can do man we have to go home go home quick so like you say, he gets in the ring. Like you said, Taker Irish whips him. Irish whips A Train right into that big boot from Nathan Jones, like you mentioned a minute ago. And then Taker just gets A Train up with a big tombstone. I mean, a big one. Like, and uh, he almost sends A Train home to his maker. Man, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nearly drops it. So yeah, it's a big tombstone, and that gets the cover at nine minutes and forty-two seconds to take the Undertaker to eleven and zero at WrestleMania. Right, man. The streak continues, and the announcers note it. 
as they are continuing to continuing to become bigger and bigger deal and bigger and bigger part of Undertaker's career. And it's cool. He busts out the tombstone. That's starting to become a WrestleMania tradition, I guess, even though it's yeah. a lot more rare in these days, even though we did see him do it on Bill DeMott. But uh, <laughs> he's done it at all three WrestleManias that he's been the biker. So that's pretty neat. Yeah. He didn't really do it that much during this time. Right. That's cool. Well, he um, he's going to go and get his Team America on and grab this, that huge American flag he's got, wave it around again. Uh, and he just, in my opinion, in his celebration here, completely ignored Nathan Jones' existence. I don't, I didn't see him acknowledge him, nod at him, give him anything at all. Like it just Nathan Jones just stands there in the corner, like he's a tough enough student waiting that's, for his teacher. That's you not know? your opinion. That's what happened, man. Okay, that's, that's <laughs> what it looked like to me. <laughs> he blows right by him. He doesn't shake his hand. He doesn't yeah. raise, raise his hand. Nathan, like you said, he just stands in the corner and Undertaker celebrates and the camera focuses yeah. on him. And I don't know if that's something he specifically wanted, but that's what they do here. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, uh, yeah, what an embarrassment, kind of. But, you know, like I said, the crowd is into it. They're, they they like uh, Taker's offense because it's Taker. If this has been anybody else's match, would have been a dud probably. Um, it's, it is what it is. It's a, uh, blemish on the streak this and and this and the uh uh mr hard body good body slim good body match. <laughs> gonzalez. <laughs> yeah gonzalez good body uh are my two my two turds and yeah. the streak so what about hell in a cell with big show where is that uh, one not as bad as these you think big boss man yeah big boss man so yeah um i get all my that was... confused I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Those are top three worst of all time. Yeah. In the streak. What's the what's what's the worst though? How do you what would you say? Mm, I might need a week to think about that. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see the worst. Might be you our next what? poll I, question. All right, all right, here we go. Ready? Top of my head. Worst. Giant Gonzalez. I'd say. Yeah. I'd uh, say this next. I'd say Hell in a Cell. Third worst. That's I my would, top three worst. As far as God, I don't know, man. Like, this match itself is not that bad, but exactly. it's just, it's the storyline and Nathan Jones coming at the end that just make dro- drops it down the toilet, you know? So, yeah, the Giant Gonzalez one was bad all around. And it ends with ether, dude. It ends with not it even does. a pinfall, you know what I'm saying? Like Big Boss Man ends with a hanging. To- That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Edge and Christian in it. It's a sale. It's a cool spectacle. And it's got Michael Cole talking about, oh, their fingers might get stuck in the wires of the cell. <laughs> Oh, that yeah. one. Oof, that that one might be number two worse for me, and this one might be number oh. three. But just as far as having to even share the ring with Nathan Jones has got to be the most embarrassing thing <laughs> Takers had to do at WrestleMania ever. Like, yeah, much more so than sharing the ring with Fred Durst, even <laughs> ten minutes Isn't before that bad? this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's sad. You know, we try to put a positive spin on stuff on yeah. this show. But this is just a failure. You know, it's a completely failed experiment here with The Undertaker. And that's rare with The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, although we have covered a few, uh, especially his time with Sarah and a lot of the Ministry and Darkness stuff and uh, some of the stuff in the earlier days. But just a rare misfire on every level here with Nathan Jones, even though Undertaker tried to do his best with it. Yeah, again, no fault of his at all. He's trying but uh yeah it was just a bad just a bad bad batch it is <laughs> it got served so. it shows you you can only do so much uh on your own here that's the lesson yeah. to learn here from this one but 
Oh, thank God we're done here, folks. And we want to hear your opinion uh, straight from Bago Road. Um, you, think we, you think we could do an Old Town Road parody with Bago Road? You think that would get over? It's not worth our time. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's move on past David Jones and never, <laughs> ever bring it up again. Anyone else out there, you're welcome to try it out, though. But we do want to hear your thoughts. We always ask for them. Oh. And we certainly got a few from you this week over on the Twitter. Uh, we heard from... Philip Goad said, this is the second most offensive thing on this show, and considering number one, that's pretty impressive. Uh, I'm assuming he's talking about Triple H and Booker T, but maybe he's talking about or the, the Miller-like cat fight or, or Fred Durst in general. I don't know. Uh, let us know what you're saying exactly. Philip, um, we heard from Take the Bump podcast at Take the Bump Pod that said, I forgot Nathan Jones existed. Uh, I wish I was that lucky. Retweet. <laughs> we had a few of you talking about Nathan Jones' uh, movie roles, which he went on to have mm. more success than he did here in wrestling. He was in Mad Max Fury, Fury Road. Uh, he was in the movie Troy. and He uh, did, does pop up a little bit later on in the year in WWE and does a few things, has a few matches, and we're going to see him here. We'll talk about it a little bit on next week's show, but he's not going to be long for the professional wrestling world is going to spend more time in Hollywood. Uh, our boy Randy Turco talked about uh, the highlight for him was Limp Biscuit playing into the ring and it's all downhill from there. And brought up the urban, urban legend that Nathan Jones once did so many voids that he actually lactated from his chest. Mm. Which I, I do remember reading back in the mm-hmm. day. Thank God I never saw a picture of that. Phew. Perplex the God on Twitter, he says, I think Vince started to hate the Biker Taker character by this point and was punishing him with this match to try to make him return to the dead man, which is quite the theory there. Uh, I'm not going to well, say yeah, it's totally those, wrong. Those promos back at Royal Rumble were like, the dead man returns. Right, that's right. Um, well, we love hearing from you on social media, at Talking Taker, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Hit us up over there and... Uh, we do have a little bit of housekeeping from last week's episode I wanted to touch on here before we talk about next week's show. But Housekeeping! <laughs> yeah, come on in. Come on in. We're going to bring it in here. Uh, we did a poll last week asking you what your favorite gift from the big show was. You know, he brought so many great presents to The Undertaker last week. He brought... Brother Love, he brought Kenyon singing Boy George, he brought Brian Kendrick singing a song, and he brought a beautiful puppy. And with 33% of the vote, unbelievably, you guys said you thought the puppy was the greatest gift from Big Show. I think oh. I think Jerry Lawler must have got confused and voted on our poll. Yeah, that's the only way to explain this. That was not the best gift, guys. Oh, yeah. Come on. Come on. Who better yeah, than Kenyon? Exactly. Or Kendrick. Or Kendrick. Or Brother Love. <laughs> oh, the puppy's cute and all, but that was not the best no. gift. For Rare sure. misfire. He gave it away. Creatures. He yeah. gave it away. He interacted with the other three. He gave that one away. It was his least favorite. <laughs> also want to shout out, you You said you knew one of our creatures out there had to have yeah. this Undertaker magazine. <laughs> we talked about this 2003 collector's issue and... Randy Turco, man, our time-traveling correspondent, he dug it out of the attic, 
here and you just I can't recommend enough checking out this thread over on our Twitter at Talking Taker. Scroll down a little bit. We retweeted it over there. Go to his Twitter at Pokey's Little Dog. Give him a follow. It really is some incredible, uh, you know, never before seen pictures. Yeah. Just, just developed pictures of the Duck Room. Undertaker as a kid, Undertaker in college, Undertaker before WWE. Uh, some great statistics and facts about the Undertaker. Some pictures of him with his dogs. I don't think that dog Big Show gave him would have fit in with his uh, giant pit bulls out there that he's got. Yeah. Uh, some. That you know, picture, dude, where he looks like he's auditioning for the role of uh, Ghost Rider, where he's got oh, yeah. like, all leather on, <laughs> like chains. <and>, like, <laughs> <laughs> He looks like he's trying out, which he probably done a better job than Nicholas Cage did. But anyway, it's out oh, of control, man. I would pay good money to see Undertaker reprise the role of <laughs> Ghost Rider in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm, Bring it yeah. on, man! I'll take it exactly. Gladly. Well, I just he, he could have jump started I... that years and years before oh, yeah. if they would have gone with him instead oh, of Nick Cage. Question. Yeah, he could have absolutely. So. Would have, been, would have been fantastic. But I just want to say, I, that is exactly who I wanted to come through with us <laughs> last week with Randy Turco. I had this inclination that he would have that somewhere in the, in the his Taker catalog that he has. And uh, I think he said he even got back from vacation late and then immediately looked through his, like, his That's our man. college stuff. Yeah. So, um, anyway, yeah. We thank you for all the support. And somebody else fandom Randy. About, uh, oh, I was going to say, J-Bag said something to us on there about he's got something something up his sleeve for us, hasn't he? That was the next thing I was going to go to, man. Jeremy Bagley, we also appreciate all your support, and we can't wait to hear about your interaction with The Undertaker very, very soon. Uh, could be as soon as next week, I believe we should uh, hear something back from you. We're excited about mm-hmm. that. We will talk a little bit next week. It could be going on right now as you're listening to this, or uh, it could have already happened by the time you're listening to this, depending on when you download it. But Undertaker is going to be competing for the first time in 2019 over in Saudi Arabia, which is you know, questionable and unfortunate and has all the baggage uh, you know, attached to it. But it's, it's something. It's going to be a spectacle as he goes up against Goldberg for the very first time ever. Any quick predictions from you, Travis? Uh, it looks like you're going to cheer for Goldberg. You get the Goldberg shirt on tonight. <laughs> you know, the man. I just wanted to wear my Goldberg. I don't this, I got this shirt. I, did you give this to me? It's from like I a Goodwill so. or something. Yeah, it's, not, <laughs> it's not an Maybe official shirt. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, that's one from, I think you got that from Earl Hebner before he got fired. <laughs> <laughs> it does, it's a very bootleg shirt. They might have sold it to me. Uh <laughs> You know, I wanted to give him a little bit of support because I don't think oh, he's going to sure. survive this matchup against Undertaker. You think he's going to rest in peace here? I think he's going to rest in peace, and that's just fine. You know, he's he can do the old J-O-B for the Taker over there in Jeddah. So, um, again, I'm excited. I think Taker's going to do it. It's going to be just a big old, you know, hot spot, big finisher, 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 kick out finisher, five minute. Uh, I think their, their entrances will be longer than the match itself. I hope so. so. If, if they're not, yeah. then something's wrong with that. Match. Yeah. So, well, we'll talk anyway. about that a little bit next week, and then of course cover it in depth somewhere down the road. Three uh, if years anything now. really interesting <laughs> happens, maybe we'll do a little breaking news update over on our YouTube yeah. or something like that. And uh, just one last shout out I want to give here is we are coming up soon on our 100th episode. We'll get to episode 96 next week and cover. 
the rise of uh, and the very first matchup on pay-per-view between John Cena and The Undertaker at Vengeance 2003. We're going to take a big time jump there and cover a lot of ground as we cover that one. A pretty cool one to cover historically. I know a lot of people are excited to get to that one. But as we come into episode 100, as we get to the next era of Undertaker, I just want to put the invitation out. If anyone out there has any graphic design skills or knows any other wrestling fans who might want to help us design a new logo for the podcast, I would love to talk with you about that and see about setting something up. I've designed the last few and um, I've got some ideas for this one but would love some help with it. I'm not a professional designer by any means, don't have a lot of experience with it, but just throwing that out there to you creatures of the night. Uh, hit me up, hit us with a DM, uh, and we'll talk about working something out with you, working out some sort of deal with you. Just love to talk to you about that as we keep rolling, rolling, rolling on to the last ride. Absolutely. And we are, just again, thank you guys for listening and paying attention and just being along for the ride for all of this. So um, if you were there at Safeco Field in Seattle, uh, if you were there wearing Brian Kendrick's sweater from last week, please let us know. Please let us know. <laughs> yeah, because you'd have fit right in here in uh, Seattle. So, man, I posted a picture of that thing because it was just a beauty. And beauty. you can't find that thing on any, anywhere online. I had to go watch the <laughs> network and screenshot it, dude, when I put that on Facebook. So. I did some research. See, we do our research here. We put a lot of effort in this for you guys, so no, I'm just kidding. But anyway. I would bet seriously. money that's still in Brian Kinder's closet. Oh, if not, it's in Brian Danielson's closet. You know, he has it. <laughs> <laughs> they both have it. So anyway, sorry, Daniel Bryan, whatever his name is. Um, I haven't seen him in a while on TV. But anyway, um, yeah, if you were there at Safeco Field, you know, let us know how you felt, how you felt about Taker being on second on the card. So, um what you thought about the entrance, if that was better than the match itself. But anyway, just let us know your thoughts. And uh, anyway, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, until next week, take her easy.